Hi guys, I'm Brad Montgomery and welcome to The Breakdown. And here we talk about science, psychology, and investing. Today, we're gonna to be talking about all things lightning. What causes lightning? What areas see more lightning than other areas? And all the different types of lightning that there are. Before we get started, if you missed any of our episodes, just go to kfoxtv.com forward slash the hyphen breakdown. Now let's break it down. And I'm here with Tim Bryce. He's a forecaster with the National Weather Service. And Tim, we're talking about all things lightning. And I know you know a ton of stuff about lightning. I love lightning. <laughs> yeah, we all do from a safe distance. And we're going to well, be talking about safety yes. uh, as well with lightning as, as we go through here. So first of all, what is lightning? The, one of the more basic definitions. Lightning is just a big electrical discharge. If you've ever walked across the carpet, shuffled across the carpet, especially like on a cold winter day and you've reached out for a doorknob and you've got that zap, or the way I talk with kids, they slide down those plastic slides and they get to the bottom and, and all the hairs on their arms are standing up. That's a static discharge that's building up on their, their, their body. And then when they touch somebody or touch something, you get that static discharge. That's all that lightning is, is a big static discharge. What's happening inside the thunderstorm cloud is that you're getting ice crystals and raindrops rubbing together and rubbing together, building up this charge, and eventually has to discharge it. Most of the time it discharges itself inside the cloud, but every once in a while we get those, uh, what we call cloud to ground lightning strikes, and those are the ones that can be dangerous. Yeah, those are the ones that reach all the way down to where we are, okay? And, and so, and uh, we're gonna talk about different kind of aspects and types of lightning. It's going to surprise some people here mm -hmm. what we learned today, but um, what, what is, there's been a, this thing over the past several years and, and I guess maybe longer, but more in the storm chasing community that started to come out and you started to hear about positive lightning, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I, I had kind of seen some of these videos and I, and I think we've had some here it's, it's, where it's more the horizontal gigantic car alarm setting off bolts or is that, or is it, it, where, it, where it goes more horizontal or is that is that or is there some kind of so there's actually two forms of lightning okay. there's positive and a negative lightning the majority 90 percent of the lightning is negative what happens is that it's it's bringing negative charge down to the ground and the positive one it's just the opposite it's bringing positive charge down or it's taking negative charge up into the cloud uh, usually your positive lightning strikes come out of the top, the anvil, that flat part of the thunderstorm, uh, where the positive charges are building up. So that's where we can see those. The, the trick is, is that if you do get a positive uh, discharge, especially a, a cloud to ground lightning strike, they last much longer. Okay and they're much hotter. Okay. So those are the ones that can start our forest fires and things like that. The negative uh, lightning, the regular ones that we usually get, they're dangerous as well, right. but for other reasons. But those positive ones can start those fires because they, they last, when I say last longer, there's, it's not like they're lasting for like a minute. Right. It's still just a, a, a few tenths of a second, but yeah. it's it's much longer than the negative strokes. Right, and, that, that, and I'm glad you described it that way because we had a storm, uh, this was years ago, and on the front part of it, yeah, you your negative and they were, you know, make your thunder and not, not a big deal. Storm rolled through. And then on the backside, after the storm mm -hmm. had left, we were, there were about five of them. And I remember I was sitting at my computer and I was right up the street here in some apartments and I was, it was festival in Mesa and I wasn't even near the blinds. Yep. And that light filled the, and the blinds were closed and the light filled the room. And I was like, what just happened? And then about three seconds later, 
boom, and you can hear car alarms going yep. off. Yep. And that happened about three or four more times, and that was something else. It's not uncommon with the higher terrain, with the Franklin Mountains that yep. we have here, that you'll get positive charges off the top of the mountain oh, because they're sense. sticking up a little bit higher. And um, you can tell visually the difference between a negative and a positive charge, not in the color or anything, but the branching because most of the time your, your, your negative uh, cloud to ground lightning strikes will have a point in the cloud and then they kind of spread out right. in that branching. It's the exact opposite. You have a point near the ground and it spreads up into the, into the cloud like that. So there is a visual difference between them as well. That's cool, that's interesting. So there is such thing in positive lightning. Yep. It's, and, and I had one, so yeah, those are the ones I could and see. And we them. track those, we, we on our displays at the National Weather Service, we actually put a little minus sign for the oh, negative ones yeah. and a little positive sign, um, just so we can see, we can differentiate between the two. And it, it is interesting, some storms get very excited and they're much more, uh, they have many more positive stro uh, lightning strikes than negative, and the others are all negative. So it's kind of interesting how Mother Nature kind of works that out and balances those things around. Do they have any, are there any theories like if uh, the freezing line's a little lower or, you know, more hail in the storm right. or any, any theories on that? I have never read why one storm might be, have more positive strokes than negative strokes, but it is something that I do, I do think a lot of scientists have studied because there's theories into, you know, tornado, uh, tornado genesis associated right. lightning. with lightning, uh, heavy rainfall associated with lightning. So people are always trying to understand lightning a little better and how it affects different parts of the weather around us. Yeah, for sure. Boy, there's so much in weather that we're still like kind of coming yep. to grips with. Trying it's, to figure it all it's out. It's awesome. Understand. Oh yeah. It's amazing. So, okay. And, and I want to talk also about, you know, so most people, actually some people might know this, many people may not volcanic lightning. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just thunderstorms nope. where you get stuff mixing around. Yep. So what is volcanic lightning? What causes that? Well, when you get a volcanic eruption, you, you're, you're spewing a lot of ash, a lot of fine rocks up into the atmosphere. And again, that starts that rubbing motion, builds up that static discharge. I was just reading an article uh, a few days ago about uh, the Tonga under, underwater uh, volcanic eruption that we had uh, what yeah, was the that, big one. a couple years ago, yeah, a year and a half, yeah. half ago. Uh, it had such a uh, incredible release of lightning activity. It's, it's like 50,000 lightning strikes in five minutes. Just, an, just wow, a mind-boggling amount crazy. of lightning just from the, the energy that the, and the way that all of that, um, the, the ash forced was up. forced upwards and it, it cost all that rubbing, just a, just a, a tremendous amount of discharge that took place. Yeah, that, that, that eruption, just seeing the, uh, the satellite picture, you know, I think it was a Saturday morning mm -hmm. and uh, I woke up and I'm seeing all this stuff on Twitter and, and I'm like, that, that happened, yep. you know? And then the fact that that was heard all the way from Southeast Asia yep. in Alaska, yep. I mean, it's, it makes you think, you know, there, there's stories of Krakatoa, you know, way back when, and these massive booms, and it's like, well, maybe some of these things you can kind of see, yeah, how far they can go. That's really, really interesting. And and volcanic lightning, I guess, would pose a hazard near a volcano, but that's yes. already a hazard in itself. It's exactly. probably the lesser of the hazards. Right, right. That that's point. probably one of the lesser ones you need to worry about. Right. Uh, volcanoes in and of themselves are a threat, of course, to people anywhere near the volcano, but also to aircraft. That, that fine pumice that it puts up into the air is not good for aircraft engines. So, uh, the, especially at the Weather Service office up in Alaska, they have to issue volcanic advisories, volcanic warnings, so that uh, the airlines can avoid certain areas and not have their planes fly through this, uh, this ashy, rocky material. Yeah. 
that's yeah, that's that would be. I think years ago they had the plane go through it. I think. And well, the the problem that we get is over in Iceland. Iceland, of course, has a oh, lot of volcanoes, right. and it's just downwind from Europe. So whenever Iceland has a big volcanic eruption, it disrupts airfare in and Paris, around London. Europe. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> because they have to reroute all these planes. Wow, that's crazy. So now, um, and also, let me ask you about this. This one, I, I'm imagining because of, of it would make sense. However, I want to ask to make sure. Wildfire, pyrocumulus. Can they make lightning? Yeah, again, same thing. With okay. a, with a pyrocumulus is just a thunderstorm cloud that gets formed on top of a wildfire. And what happens is that all the heat that's concentrated in these wildfires, they can actually begin to make their own weather. They draw in air from the outside, it gets heated up and it gets rising up. And anytime you get lifting motion, you can get clouds. And if, there, if there's enough moisture in the air above this fire, you can get what we call a pyrocumulus, which is just a thunderstorm cloud above a uh, wildfire and then you can also you got all that debris all that right. burning stuff all that little smoke and embers again all that rubbing together will get you that lightning strikes and of course the the people who are trying to fight those fires uh hate that because that's just more lightning coming down puts a threat to them also more lightning strikes mean more uh, potential fire starts and and i want to say and, and just a quick sidebar here was it northern california where they actually had like a meso pyrocumulus yes, and a tornado it started warning. to spin yes that I was was i think it was over by hanford or one of those weather service offices had to put out some some weather warnings based on what was happening just within this large wildfire that's just that's just incredible that's crazy so okay wildfire pyrocumulus yes. clouds can also produce lightning and okay now there was something that, and this is kind of interesting you know coming up through the 90s and on through the 2000s and apparently and i had seen several interesting articles on this you can find a, a, a bunch of articles on this people don't even know about red sprites mm -hmm. and blue jets and what i found interesting about this and this is one of the things the greatest things about more photography and more videography I guess pilots had been seeing these yes. for a while, but nobody really believed them because... Right. Or they didn't want to report them for fear of what people would say, but definitely uh, there are people who actually now will go out. And the trick with the, the sprites and the jets is that you don't want to be like near the thunderstorm. You need to be tens, dozens of miles away from it, and it's off in the distance because what these are, it, we're used to lightning that comes out the bottom of the cloud, and it's it's not lightning that goes up out of the top of the cloud, but it is definitely an electrical discharge that goes out of the top of the cloud, and they they do look like kind of like a fountain or yeah, something spurting out the top of these clouds. So you have to be dozens of miles away from the thunderstorm, has to be almost always at night, and you see it way over there, and you'll see, and sometimes they even have to just take pictures of it and then go back and review because it's kind of faint and dim. Sometimes you can see it with your eyes if you're watching, but most of the time they go back with their cameras and see there was one there, one there's there, and they do take on different colors and things and they have different funny names, sprites and jets and things like that associated with them. But it's definitely something that we've only recently kind of uh, been starting to study scientifically. Right, right. It's brought more in the forefront. Yes. And, and so, and this is kind of an interesting one. I, I want to talk about, and this is a little branch off too. This is one that also is, is I don't know if it's more folklore or ball lightning. Mm -hmm. What is the final consensus on, now ball lightning is almost like a little ball of plasma, yes. you know, that would form and people right. would see little orbs during a storm and then right. they would poof or whatever, exactly. burst in their home or do weird things, go through the window or, 
and they, they've tried they kind of recreated what they think it may be in a lab right but I've never seen of all the stuff of blue jets sprites of all everything else I've never seen convincing like like here's a picture of the ball yeah or, or, or video what's the so the I'm pretty sure I've, I've read enough anecdotal enough stories about ball lightning most scientists have read stories now when I was growing up they were like this is you know, we think we're not sure if this is real or if it's fiction or anything, but I've read enough stories over the years. I've never seen ball lightning, but basically ball lightning is when you get a, a regular lightning strike, it really heats up the air, 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, it's hotter than the surface of the sun. So it heats up that air and it plasmatizes some of it. And I'm not even sure if that's a real word, plasmatize, but I made it up right there. Uh, but it heats up the air so hot that it glows. Okay. And you end up with this little ball of energy that's glowing and I've read, now, some of the things that you've read about doing, I don't know, you know, passing through windows right, and, right. and, and doing crazy, crazy stuff like yeah. that. But I do believe that ball lightning is a real thing. Okay. Uh, and that it's so transient. It's only there for a few seconds, usually, um, that it's tough to have somebody, you know, maybe with more and more people, with, we all have our cell phones now right. with cameras. We might, somebody might actually capture one on uh, their, their cell phones or something like that someday soon. But... Like you said, there's no been real definitive. Here's here's yeah. my you know here's my picture of Bigfoot and here's my picture of ball light. There we go. Kind of thing. Great comparison. <laughs> exactly. So I'm still waiting. We're still waiting on the on the ball light ball lightning yeah. videography and, and photography. Uh, now, one thing I've seen, and, and especially in some of these slower motion videos, uh, bead lightning. Mm -hmm. I guess. And I'm curious about that, and it tends to be, uh, for, not like it's shocking, but on the larger bolts. He said uh, shocking. <laughs> As it kind of fades away, you see right. leftovers. Right. And, and every now and then you do, and it's like, whoa, that's kind of weird. So I like to, there's a video on YouTube that I show students in school that shows the branching. There's a part of lightning that we do not see that comes out of the cloud and the little fingers reach out of these clouds and they're called step leaders or dart leaders. And they're looking for the fastest, most efficient way down to the ground. Any one of these little fingers could be that bright flash that we see, but it, whichever one touches, you know, reaches, makes connection with the ground first. That's the one that gets to be that bright flash of light and then it kind of energizes that whole uh, all these fingers and that's why you have the little branching right. but that first one's got to make connection with the ground that's what makes lightning so difficult that's why we don't forecast lightning because from that one point out of the cloud you get all of these fingers going out and yeah. any one of them yeah. could be the actual main lightning strike and so that's the challenge it's so interesting that you say that because we we've well there's slow motion video like online now and yeah sometimes it's just it's just human nature to try to like forecast just anything in right. life, right? It's probably, right. probably how we, our survival. But you'll see, you know, like you said, a lightning start at the top, and then sometimes it ends up over here, yep. and it goes down, and like, well, I didn't see that coming. Yep. And then that, then the channel just reinforces yep. itself once it makes contact. Yep. But yeah, it is super interesting, and, and I never realized in some of the high decibel motion photography how many channels there are yes. searching. Yes. I mean, I, I would have thought, you know, somebody said, oh, you know, there's two or three, I think, maybe five but it's just there's several famous pictures of lightning uh, one of a farmhouse in the midwest where you can see the main lightning bolt going down into the tree but you can see other branches and branches coming off of the house the antenna on the house that never oh, made that right. connection so you you can see that well that if that had connected it would have struck the house but instead it, it, it struck the tree. So we have all these branches and that's what makes lightning that challenge uh, because you just don't know which one's gonna make that, that connection. 
Um, but that's why we say we don't try to forecast the lightning, we forecast the thunderstorms. Where are the thunderstorms going to be? If you're in a thunderstorm, if you hear thunder, when thunder roars, you go indoors. That's what we tell people just to be safe. I had a, an experience, I only got nervous indoors during a thunderstorm one time, and it was in North Texas. And the storm was moving from the south, and the, the lightning core was on the front, front part of it. it. Hadn't really started raining, and the storm was moving really, really, really slow. And it was sending out these bolts, and these bolts were just cracking and banging because it was so close, it wasn't even rumbling. And I was in bed, and I remember I started to feel the hair on my legs start yep. to stand up. Bad sign. Yeah, and I went, <laughs> and I, I got out of bed, and I remember I went and I stood like in the doorway or the hallway and wanted to put even more kind of between me and the outside because this was, was so slow moving and taking its time. Right. Um, but I remember that made me a little nervous. <laughs> I was like, Almost always if you're inside, you're safe. Okay. Uh, because the lightning is, the lightning does not want to go through the air. So it's going to either choose to go through the water, go through water okay. or metal. Those are conductors of electricity. If it strikes the building that you're in, it's going to want to go through the metal pipes of the plumbing right. or the, the metal wires of the electrical system. That's what becomes the trick because if you're inside and you're taking a shower if you're inside doing the dishes if you're inside playing on your xbox or something like that these are all things that have either you're touching metal pipes or you have things that are you're holding that are plugged into the wall now if you've got your xbox with your wireless controller that's okay right uh, but if you're like on a laptop or anything that's plugged in has a wire that plugs into the wall and you're touching like that keyboard you could get a nasty shock if that lightning were to hit your house or apartment building I guess corded phone deaths have gone down. For sure. And, <laughs> and not because uh, people have stopped, you know, the lightning's still there, but we just don't have corded phones exactly. anymore. But I've, I've heard several stories about people who were on the phone that they, they got zapped while they were, when there was a lightning strike nearby. Now, let's go ahead and talk. I think we have a viewer question that kind of pertains to. Yes. This one says, is it true that you are safer in your car in a lightning storm? And if so, why? So, you want me to go ahead and grab that? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Because I, I tell people, you're safer if you have to choose between being outside or in your car. Your car is much safer from lightning. Uh, and the reason, well, people go, well, the metal, it attracts the lightning. And there is some truth in that. And people will also tell me, I go, well, you're safe in your car. And they go, ah, the rubber of the tires. Right, I've heard that all the time. And I, and I, have, to, I have to break that myth. It's not the rubber of the I tires. Can jump that. Because I, I tell people, you know, lightning has just passed through two to three miles of the atmosphere. One inch of rubber, not gonna stop it, okay? Um, and what do we do with our tires these days? We put a big steel belt in them to make them stronger. So that there's actually metal in your tires, uh, which makes it more conductive. It is actually the metal of the car that people, well, it attracts lightning, but it also keeps you safe. It's called a Faraday cage. It's, uh, Dr. Uh, Faraday came up with this concept of if you're inside a, a metal box, the electricity, if you charge it, stays on the outside of that metal box. Now, if you're in a convertible, I can't say you're going to be protected. It's got to be an all-metal car. Windows truck. up. Windows up. <laughs> and, and, you know, in the old days, you know, the old days, kids, when I, when I had windows, I had to crank them up like this. Um, so you wouldn't want to be cranking up your windows, even if you were like pushing. I would not touch any of the exterior, your surfaces, anything uh, that, that would be that be connected with wires. So if you just sit there and wait for this thunderstorm to go by, even if your car is struck by lightning, you'll be safe inside the car. Yeah, and that's one thing we've seen plenty of videos of. Um, 
there was a recent video of a storm chaser. Uh, one, they were making a U-turn and one storm chaser's vehicle got struck, the other one got it on camera. The, the guy didn't even know his vehicle had been struck. Yeah. And then there was there's some others where it kind of puts the car out of commission. Yes. I can't remember there was a video I saw where it struck an SUV. And <laughs> well, with the more and more of the electronics we have in cars and even uh, more with electric cars, which are all uh, computer driven, a lightning strike to a, a car or a truck, uh, it's probably going to become more and more uh, problematic for vehicles. Yeah, think about that. That's yeah. a good point. Good point. Okay, so now as we get back into this here, um, what are, well, well okay, there, there was one, this is kind of a random, I, I had always heard reports of people talking about lightning on a clear day. Yes. Now, is this just the bolt from the blue from a distant storm, or is it, okay. I would say that's what it is. Okay. You have to have a thunderstorm, you have to have that rubbing to make, it's, it's not like lightning is just going to materialize out dust of clear or, air or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It needs to be a consistent rubbing together of, in this case, it's ice crystal. Now we can get, people will say, well, why didn't that cloud, it's raining out of it. Why don't we get uh, thunder out of, or lightning out of that cloud? If you look at, there's different types of clouds and a lot of your low clouds are all liquid. Right. And so there's not as much of this rubbing in there. And of course, water, uh, it, it just doesn't build up that charge. What happens, what we watch for, is we watch for a cloud that as it's getting taller and taller, it gets colder up there, and it starts to get ice crystals on the top part of it. And those ice crystals, that's what's key to getting lightning. It starts rubbing those ice crystals together. That's what will start to get to your thunderstorm. So you're gonna have, you know, days, we were, you know, we were talking about um, places that don't get a lot of uh, lightning. Uh, out on the west coast. They can get days and days of rain out on the west coast. Just rain and rain and rain, no lightning. And that's because it's all kind of a, a warm core kind of thing where they don't have those ice crystals. In the Midwest where the thunderstorms are, you know, 10 miles into the atmosphere, they're very cold at the top, very warm at the bottom. That rubbing in between, that's what built up that lightning. And here we kind of get a mixture of both because sure. every now and then we get either remnants of a tropical system mm -hmm. or a tropical surge. I've, I was really interesting. I saw one that had dumped between one to two inches of rain on the west side. This is years and years ago. And it was around noon, midday, it fired earlier. And it, it I think it put down maybe, I heard maybe two claps of thunder. Right. And I went outside and I looked and just the very tip top had some icing on it right. as far as the, almost like the cirrus type, but right. the rest of it was just, an, it was mostly warm. Yeah. So yeah, the, the warm core processes don't lend themselves. Yeah, um, you can get them. That's why if you look on hurricanes, a lot of hurricanes, have either no lightning or very limited lightning. Usually you get lightning as it makes its landfall and starts rubbing up against the land. Oh, interesting. You get lightning. But out of the ocean, they don't... You see pictures in movies of ships in these, these hurricanes. Oh, yeah, with all this lightning. lightning yeah, on. you're right. Um, it, they do get some, but not as much as you would think from a, a, a big storm that has hundreds of thunderstorms going on in it at the same time. We just don't get a lot of lightning because a hurricane is a, basically a big warm core kind of storm system. And and also uh, so that was basically the, that was the uh, um, the clear clear day kind of yeah. thing. Clear day kind of thing. I just want to make mention. Um, there was years ago a storm had kind of caught me off guard, and this is kind of you know word everybody, and that's why they say you know don't be too quick to call a storm over. Right. Uh, I, you know I, I was actually I'd gone in the backyard. I think it'd been ten minutes. The storm had drifted down to the south. Uh, this is in, in North Texas in Arlington, and, and I was like, oh, you know, I hadn't heard thunder for quite a while, and then all of a sudden. Boom! I mean, it it, it it sent a bolt back miles from the storm, and I was sh literally shocked, shocked, for lack of a better. And I got so I literally jumped up and ran inside. It was like, 
Yeah, the rule of thumb is uh, when thunder roars, go indoors. And then once you're inside, I tell people, read a book. That's the safest thing to do is read a book inside. But while you're waiting, uh, you can set a timer. You know, I, I tell the, 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 the students, tell Google or Alexa to set a timer for 30 minutes. Okay. You, you need to go 30 minutes without hearing thunder. Uh, and then it's safe to go outside because that thunderstorm has moved far enough away. But if you hear thunder after 10 minutes, you got to start the clock over again. Uh, okay. So it's got to be 30 full minutes without um, uh, hearing thunder because, like you said, the thunderstorms can, the lightning can reach 10 miles out ahead of a thunderstorm, and it can reach 10 miles out behind that thunderstorm. Even after it's rained and it's gone by, it can still reach back like that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy stuff. And just to go over last time, the, the parts of the country that see the most lightning. I think we average here like around 30 thunderstorms. 30, 30 to 40 days a year. 40 with storms. Uh, and then I think Florida is like the lightning. one of the hot spots. Lightning capital of the United lightning States capital. is uh, central Florida. And because Florida is a peninsula, sticks out there uh, between the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico, warm waters of the, uh, the, the Atlantic, they've got the sea breeze coming in on both sides. And again, lift is what you need. So they, they clash in the middle sometimes. So parts of central Florida see over a hundred days a year, they see uh, thunderstorms. So that's like almost one out of every three days versus California, Oregon, and Washington. They see less than 10 days a year yeah. of thunderstorms. And that's because of that cold California current that comes down there. It really stabilizes the atmosphere. Yeah. They get rain, uh, they can get lots of rain out there as we saw just this last winter, but to get a vigorous kind of lift uh, is more unusual for them. So they don't get a lot of thunderstorms out there. Um, so they get a lot less than uh, lightning. Yeah, and Grotham Coastal California, we I was we would wish for a thunderstorm and there were some years we would have like three, yep. three days a year. Yep. And I will say that one of the most incredible ones just very quickly here is when we had moved to North Texas, there was a storm of nearly state-sized proportions. The anvil was about the size of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And this updraft was just insanely large. And I remember going outside and it dwarfed like the house, it dwarfed everything, the whole neighborhood. It was just amazing. What, what I saw was little crawlers coming out yes. from like underneath. Like you had the yeah, anvil crawlers and it was super interesting to see that. I don't know what exactly causes the individual but but it is it is interesting to see when you can see anvil crawlers because they're not how, how does that how do they kind of work I know they're they, in the top part of the story I, actually I, I haven't read that much on them but I, I've seen plenty of neat videos where what what is happening is that we've been talking about the, what we call the CGs the cloud to ground lightning bolts but a lot of the lightning is what we call CC cloud to cloud or IC in cloud lightning and um, so. What it is is just lightning that crawls along the bottom of the anvil. It, it, it appears to crawl along the bottom of the anvil. It's probably something about charge distribution and it's right. just following that path right, uh, right along the, the bottom of the, the, the cloud or things. But if you ever get a chance to look that up on YouTube, it, it, it looks like a little spider webs yeah. just crawling across the bottom of a thunderstorm. It's, it's amazing. And, and just to, yeah, there, there's, like you said, YouTube has some wonderful videos on anvil crawlers. Yes. Okay, so where can people go to find out more information about lightning and lightning safety and so oh, the Weather stuff. Service has a, a webpage dedicated to weather safety, weather.gov slash safety, and there's a whole section on lightning. And you know, I, I was I was reading it today, I was reading about some history of lightning, because lightning's been around, you know, since the Earth's been around. Right. And um, in the, the 1700s, 1600s, they, they thought that lightning, uh, they could ward off lightning from towns by ringing church bells. 
Oh, I think I had read about that. So yeah, what right. happens when a thunderstorm would approach one of these uh, towns, they would send some poor person, go ring the church bell. And they would ring these church bells. Of course, you've got a rope, you've got something metal. sticking up high, you got a big metal thing in the top. And uh, I think it said in the 1700s, in France alone, over 100 of these church bell ringers were struck and killed by lightning. So they decided, okay, this is not doing, this is not working for us. This is not. So they they quit doing that. Uh, but it was a belief back in the 1600s that if you rang a church bell, it would ward off the evil spirits of the lightning and protect your town from it. We've learned better. Just just <laughs> take cover yourself. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Tim. No it was problem. great having you out again. Always great to come by. Learned chat. a lot today. Awesome. If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to comment, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can check out our past archive of episodes on kfoxtv.com or listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for breaking it down with me, and we'll see you next time here on The Breakdown.